A reading from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and he asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he replied, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its share, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak. And starting with the scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water. And Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. And this is the word of God for you, the people of God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, may the written word and the spoken word lead us to the one true living word, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now, in my younger years, okay, <laughs> younger than now, um, I never thought that I would grow up to be a pastor. Um, through the dress-up career days I had in elementary school, I had many outfits to don. I thought I'd grow up to be a princess. I tried that for a few years. Uh, and then a pop star, of course, um, still holding out for that talent to come through. Um, a veterinarian. I love animals, and so I thought I'd give that a try. And then a teacher because teachers were some of the greatest role models we had in school, but never really a pastor. And so I had all of these dreams about my career choices through the years, and then I had a dream. It was a listening moment with God that called me to ministry. It was a dream that said, go, serve, and love. 
However, growing up, I had never met a female pastor before, and I was surrounded by family members of different denominations, and, and their faith, they told me that being a pastor, that was more of a man's thing. A female can't be a pastor. Uh, I think there's something in the scripture that says it's just not possible. So stick with what you know. And so I had this call, and yet not feeling equipped or qualified based on who I was, I chose to ignore God's voice and listen to the voices that choked that one out. What was I to do with it? In the words of the Ethiopian eunuch, I thought, how could I understand what this meant unless someone guided me? So for many years, I paid no attention to the dream because I was too busy listening to others. So fast forward a few years later in my college years, much to my surprise, I met my first female pastor. And it was quite a shock to think, wow, this is possible. This can be done. It was within the campus ministries uh, that the United Methodist Church has, the Wesley Houses. And so here I was able to see how that was lived out and how it was attainable for me. And there was proof. And I was just as able and just as capable as anyone else. Because when God calls, we are to respond. I didn't have to be nixed from the club any longer. So I followed that call into ministry. And one could say it has definitely been a wilderness road to travel. Listening to the Spirit can lead you down wilderness roads and unknown territories. After all, it has led me this far. And yes, the Spirit can lead us down unfamiliar roads, ones that we're not used to, or it's not the usual way, but roads that we encounter the divine experiences unlike any other. And for Philip, the Spirit led him down an unusual road to meet an Ethiopian eunuch that was traveling on his way back from Jerusalem. He wasn't just any traveler, though. He had his own chariot, and he held the responsibilities over the queen's entire treasury. So he had status, and he had wealth. He was traveling back after worshiping, and he still found reading scriptures. That's how much he enjoyed the worship so much as he journeyed back. He just couldn't get enough and continued to read because he wanted to know more. But for him, worship did look a little different. See, in the laws in Deuteronomy 23.1, this man wasn't allowed into the assembly of God, according to the scriptures. He was known as a eunuch. So this person studies the scriptures, and he has the faith, and he wants to believe, and yet is still told that based on who he is, based on his body, he's not allowed to worship with the others. Instead, you can wait outside, though. The kingdom of God is not attainable for him according to the law. So here we have the Ethiopian eunuch. And he's comfortable and wealthy, and yet, although his economic status is of higher means, society whispers and shames him. The religious institutes label him as an outcast, not worthy of coming in the walls of the temple, not welcome to experience the grace God extends. The church 
places guidelines, trying to control who he is and who is in and without. Like it's our place to guard or grant God's grace. And as this unnamed traveler goes down this wilderness road, so too does the Spirit lead Philip there. And the Spirit tells Philip to go to his chariot and join in. And he hears the man reading scripture, and when Philip asks him if he understands it, he says, how can I, unless someone guides me? How is he supposed to know? When the religious figures have outcast him, what questions can be answered when you're told to remain outside? He yearns to worship, and yet, who's there to help guide and teach and lead him in his relationship with God? How can I, unless someone guides me. And yet the Spirit is there to guide. And where the temple in Jerusalem closed its doors, the Spirit led Philip to take the wilderness road. It was foreign, it was wild, it was a little unruly, it was unheard of. And yet it's where the Spirit leads. The scripture of the Ethiopian eunuch was reading from was Isaiah, and it prophesied over the coming of Christ. He reads of how justice was denied to him within the scriptures and asked Philip, who is this? What does this mean? Is this passage in Isaiah? Could it be that he was talking about himself or about someone else? Perhaps it was too relatable for the Ethiopian eunuch. His entire life, he was told that he had nothing to do with the assembly of God. And yet within this scripture passage, it's a little relatable. It cuts a little deep. Could it be somehow that this, this passage discussed, did this Ethiopian eunuch have something in common with this man? Is there a way in which he too could belong? And as Philip shares of the life and ministry of Jesus, and what Jesus had done and the ministry that carries on, when he shares of that good news, the uncharted territory of the wilderness road expands. The Spirit guides Philip. Philip guides the Ethiopian eunuch. And the gospel spreads further in this one sitting on this wilderness road than it could have within the walls of the temple in Jerusalem. And here, as they talk about the scripture and discuss the life of Christ, the wilderness road carries them on. And in the desert, they came upon the waters. And the Ethiopian eunuch asks, what is to prevent me from being baptized? His whole life, he was told of things that excluded him from the group, from being in the family of Christ. And has, he's here and he's heard the scriptures and he's talked with Philip. So then tell me, what is to prevent me from being baptized? Now will Philip recite the scriptures from Deuteronomy that he knows well? Will he recite and remind him that based on his body, there were limits. There were things that kept him from belonging to the kingdom. Will Philip say, well, you know, this really isn't the right kind of place or water to be baptized in. It's a little murky. Or will he say, you know, perhaps you should attend some sessions first 
That's the easier way. That's how it's normally done. We don't really go out on the wilderness roads baptizing. So what is to prevent me from being baptized? The question remains. You know, two roads diverged in the desert that day, and Philip, who was guided by the Spirit, took the one less traveled. And on that road began a new understanding and proclamation of discipleship. It's the road that led to the water, the living waters. It's the one that is for all believers. It's one that doesn't seek to exclude people, but instead solidifies that there's nothing that prevents you or anyone from the kingdom of God. It's the road that leads to living water where all are invited to take part. And once you experience the waters that bring us together as the body of Christ, once you experience those waters, you carry on your way rejoicing because you can't contain what's within those waters. The gospel brings us to the waters. And the grace within that experience in baptism, initiating our walk with Christ, carries us on our way rejoicing so much so that we invite others to the waters. Shouldn't we want to share the waters? The church today, though, is still struggling with the wilderness road. It's unknown. We hear of how things were, and yet the Spirit sometimes lead us to uncharted territories. We hear of the limitations and the labels and that establishments place on people. You know, I wish that I could say that within my life, after meeting that one female pastor, that everything was a breeze, being a female in leadership and ministry. But it hasn't been. But the road keeps going. And I wish I could say that the church has come so far from the baptism that happened on that day within our scripture passage. But there are still concerns about bodies, about diversity, and about inclusion. And there are still some that try to contain God's grace. But I can say that as we continue to welcome, to grow, to serve, and celebrate, kind of a little hint there, guys have been growing on me. As we continue to live out the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, the Spirit will guide us down that wilderness road, and there will be rejoicing. It's the Spirit that guides us and encourages us to speak up, to join in, to have conversations so that we are all guided to the waters to embrace the kingdom for all. We do so knowing that it's the Spirit bringing us here. We do so knowing that all are worthy of the kingdom of God, that Christ didn't just pick and choose who grace is extended to. It's the story of the Ethiopian eunuch being fully embraced by the kingdom of God as the waters washed over him, the waters that said, you are enough. You are worthy, and you are loved. And no power on earth or beyond can take that away from you. You are a child of God. And it's the story 
that shows Philip's transformation in church leadership within the spreading of the gospel, knowing where at times the church has failed, creating laws and limits to cast people out, and yet guided by the Spirit, we are reminded by the Spirit. Philip knows Jesus' life and ministry, and that is for all. And where the church has failed in the past, we continue to grow in grace and God's love to spread the Spirit and the truth. So with the Spirit's help, may we continue to grow in grace and rejoice in the kingdom where all are welcome to the waters. So as we turn to a 